0: Voted bases, Jessica Kleinschmidt. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Hey, I am doing great. I mean, like besides the uh, technical difficulties on our side, but yeah. But now we we're ready to go. Out.
1: We figured it out. Yeah. We're Gucci. We're all yeah. good. Yeah.
0: So, what do you do? What's your hat uh, in the baseball industry?
1: What's well? I I mean I.
0: Yeah, it's a loaded question. It's a pretty big question.
1: It is which is which sounds silly, right? Like I I don't even know if I have a hundred percent a job title. Um, but my new gig starts next month. I can't re- reveal too much, but for now, um, we're calling myself a reporter slash host slash media personality slash semi-insider slash influencer slash baseball analyst. <laughs> so a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I am the beauty of being able to do a lot of things is just that you have plenty of opportunities, but it's really difficult to put me in one kind of yeah. category. And I think that that's kind of cool. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass, but you know,
0: it's, it is what it is. And, yeah. and it it's awesome. So when you were younger, like a little kid, were you always wanting to do and be in journalism?
1: You know, Yes and no. I, I didn't know what journalism was. All yeah. I knew was at the age of 12, I went to my first baseball game. Now, now before that, though, I, I would see like the Bonnie Bernsteins and like all mm-hmm. the sideline reporters. And I thought that's all women could really do. And it wasn't until I went to my first A's game. I was 12 years old. Um, and Eric Chavez hit a home run. And it was the same week that I transitioned from first to third base. Now I was playing baseball. I was playing baseball with the boys. I didn't even know softball existed. I had no idea. And so I was like, well, that's weird. And the moment I sat down, Eric Chavez hits a home run. I look him up in the program and him and I share a birthday. Quite a few years apart, but um, (laughs) it was really cool. And he was just like, you know, the face of the A's and still to this day can be called one of the faces of the A's, like the franchise. And I went home that day and I was like, dad, I, I'm going to, I'm going to like be a reporter for the A's one day. And he was like, really? Okay. Like, and then the next thing you know, he'd walk in on me in the living room and I'd be watching A's games and it just kind of stuck. And I got to cover them for three years. And, and that's really cool. Cause I, I always wanted to do it. You know, the people back home, you yeah. know, they're like, oh shit, you said you wanted to do it. And I did. And it was awesome, and not just because it was the team that I grew up loving, but it was such a unique team to learn mm-hmm. from and have a different view on. You have different, a different like organization. It's not like yeah. any other organization in the league, and it, so I it, was actually lucky enough to learn so much. So that yeah. was really,
0: really cool. That's Honestly, how it started. See, yeah. that's and that's what all happens. It's, I mean, because the A's like they're not a cookie cutter like a cookie cutter, uh, organization. Yeah. I mean, like, which would be awesome. Neither to... am
1: I. So it worked out beautifully. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, that's, I mean, because you wear tons of different hats. So it's just like, okay, so how, Oh, I guess like, so how big of a influence does like Twitter have on sports? Like, like from your point of view,
1: From my point of view, personally, it was huge. It's kind of what made my career. Um, mm. I feel like, especially in the, in the broad or the shadows or the lights of Instagram, I always like Twitter more because I'd rather people figure out what I want to say as opposed to just what I look like. And I feel like Instagram, I fake a lot of it. And, and that, I mean that like adding, you know, Filters and exaggerating, yeah. and I even put on my my Instagram like this is just a highlight reel like my that's not my hundred percent of life, and that's somebody being authentic. Um, but Twitter was really cool because I liked how I was able to essentially turn my tweets into blogs or articles or turning it into a podcast. You know, you connect with a guy whether he plays or not, and then you connect with another a female sports journalist or anything like that. And then you turn that into a podcast and you can turn 280 characters of a conversation into something one-on-one. Exactly. And I think that's super important. And for me, I love engaging with people. I think that's important too, because that develops followers. It, it makes you more approachable both when you're out and fans approach you or just job offers. That's, that's what I've noticed too. Um, it's had probably the biggest I mean, I don't know about a lot of people, but for me, I can thank Twitter for a lot of that. And I have a good relationship with them, too. Like, they flew me out to the World Series one year um, just because I felt like it was so important. And, And when you're somebody who works in baseball, you... Are sometimes blue black and blue in the face trying to like show people that baseball is more than just a slash line you know you want to show exactly. the up and behind the scenes because people get insane with behind the scenes stuff and i feel like twitter does that and you also get to be show off your personality a lot more and i feel like that's important and with me when you meet me i'm pretty much the exact same person i am on social media and in person um less cussing um online of course but whatever but yeah i fuck i it. think yeah fuck That's yeah fine. exactly twitter did phenomenal things for my career
0: yeah it's i mean like because i i started my twitter uh probably about six months before i started the podcast and then i mean and then like cause i started started the podcast in 2020 mm-hmm. it was when it was when baseball ended i was like you know what i'm gonna bring it to, like i'm gonna bring baseball to me but then like i had no idea how to do it so yeah so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to get guests on to talk to you, but I don't know who, I don't know like what, but, and then now it's just like circulated into like into this whole entire thing. And Twitter was like a huge part of it. I mean, because like you said, because like, cause you can talk one-on-one with people and then it turns into like a podcast. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean like, I mean, for one, like I am, I am thankful that you, you are, you were on the show. Like it's, I mean, I never would have thought that I would have you on here just because it's just like a, I mean, just because no, I don't know why, but it's just like, it is cool seeing people who are influential in, in, on social media to be on like the podcast.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, and, and thank you for that. Like, I, I often forget about the platform I do have, you know, I just, yeah. the other day I feel like I'm just some. Girl from Reno who got a really decent shot. <laughs> um, but which is partly true. Um, um, and a lot of, you know, I'm a college dropout, so a lot of it I had to learn on Same. my own. Three yeah. time college dropout. Let's go. I five. Um, and and so I think that's what's important too, is you we all have a different level of it. But you know, at the end of the day, like I love coming on podcasts and talking. I, like why I chose the perfect career path is that you can't get me to shut up. And once I do, that yeah. means, like we're good. And and all of that so yeah I'm, I'm absolutely happy to be here
0: yeah see mine's kind of different it, it like i so i grew up with like a bad stutter and i went to like speech therapy classes and all that stuff so the podcast is kind of like a thing for me to like branch out and just pretty much just talk
1: yeah and no like, i feel, like I feel
0: very comfortable talking with people now and that's
1: amazing mason holy shit oh. that's great that's I appreciate phenomenal. that. Like, appreciate like literally that. the last thing people would think of somebody with a stutter would be like, oh, you should have a podcast. But you're like, yeah. you go, you're you leaning into it and you're kind of saying, fuck it. And I think that's beautiful.
0: Exactly. I mean, like pretty much. I mean, since I'm like a three time college dropout, fuck it. Uh, let's start a podcast. Fuck it. Like nah, I do this stuff. But you no. You should
1: put I, that on your dating profile.
0: Ooh, I think my girlfriend would get pissed. Or that. <laughs> No, but no, it's it's no. She she's very like she pushes me towards it and amazing. It, it, That's what really you mean. fun. You'd be but,
1: surprised about how difficult it is to find a partner who is very supportive of this type of stuff. People like the idea of it, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. So good for you.
0: I appreciate it. So my okay. So my uh, so I'm from a very uh, female and woman based family. So I mean like my grandma grew up in in Chicago and she didn't take shit from anyone. and then my mom was a single mother and also my great grandma uh, so she um, so her ex-husband uh, told her that women aren't supposed to go to go to college. Mm-hmm. so she got her uh, doctorate. So Let's a very go. yeah yeah. Love it. yeah so she was one of the first uh, nurses to have their doctorate in the country. Oh my and gosh. Then, that's so amazing. that's why I am a I'm very big a supporter of women belonging in sports.
1: Yeah, and you should support Jean Boy always. So that's always. Always. always.
0: I mean, I mean it, it was I I love their content. So I do too. It's sort of hard not to.
1: Yeah. They're like they're, I mean, I'm kind of their competition now, so they're okay. Ooh. It's different. I mean, they're my boys. I would die for Trevor Plouffe like without hesitation. And probably Olivia Plouf as well. She's probably one of the prettiest human beings I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But like the thing I love about them is, is they kind of created this, this platform where they speak their minds without like being phony about it. You know, like obviously John Boyd is really good at like the, the lip reading stuff, which I feel like is so important in baseball and they made it fun and sexy, you know, like, like the stuff, like guys being dudes. And I feel like that's important. And when I do that, people think I'm trying too hard, but really that's just who I am. Um, yeah. But I think what they do is they, they made a really beautiful product and I, I'm huge fans of their work.
0: Yeah. They, they do amazing stuff. I think, I think once I had uh, Ashland like on the podcast. oh, I love I was, her. Yeah. And then like, once I had her on here, I think I got more into um, like more into the John boy stuff. Yeah. So do you think that uh, being a woman in sports is i guess kind of like difficult or like how do you take like the criticism for that
1: so i because
0: i I always see i mean like i so like sorry to cut you off but like i always see like because like when like when women that i follow on social media like post stuff there's always those guys that just like post and say like stupid shit
1: yeah well, that's everywhere, but I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine, cause it's like women period are always going to be at the center of criticism and that's in every career, but I think it's a little bit more impactful with sports. My thing is baseball is so finicky because think about it this way. If I'm on a, there's two things that I always think about. It's the yeah. one, one of the few sports where it's not the same across both genders, right? Baseball and softball Correct. are different. Ba- ba- basketball is going to be the same across both genders. Football is going to be the same across both genders. Bowling, badminton, soccer, lacrosse, yeah, hockey, all of it. Baseball, you know, I tried to try out for my high school baseball team. My the head coach said, "Sorry, we we offer softball," and I had to literally learn a new sport. And people don't realize that. So no ma- and that's oh, so that's no part of it. Like that, that alone makes it difficult. However, the other part, if I'm on set with Dallas Braden or you know, Dontrell Willis, Michael Morris, all these guys, no matter what I do for the rest of my life, they're going to have a better MLB resume than me. But, and I, and I know that like I can't go back in time and fix everything and become the first MLB player, female MLB player. It's not going to happen. But I, but I played enough where I know the right questions to ask. I don't feel stupid about asking questions. And as much as there are stupid questions It's also you learn a lot from asking those things. Or, you know, if you really like what a guy's doing, like I could obsess over Matt Chapman's defensive game 24 7. I and I asked him about that. But then 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, I saw you're getting married. Like, let's talk about that. So I feel like that's for sure. And I played, I was a defensive nerd. So that's why I do know how know the right questions to ask. And yeah, every no matter what happens, you're going to be like the center of criticism. And like I said, especially for women. And I just think that that is what it is. So difficult for sure. I feel like, especially making a name for myself, you know, I I always leaned on the crutch of like MLB.com or NBC sports. And it's my first time kind of branching out on my own with this new, this other company. And that's kind of terrifying. But my agent said, you know, you get to kind of create your own thing. You don't want to be introduced as Jess Kleinschmidt of XYZ, you just want to introduce yourself and hopefully they've heard of you. And that's so difficult for a woman, period. But especially women in baseball, you know, I feel like everybody else who's doing it, you know, you have the John boys of the world, you know, you have starting nine, you have the other stuff. It's like not, there's not that many women kind of fronting all of it. But yeah. it's not just immediate, too. You have Kim Ang making these mama amazing yeah. transactions like Lazardo versus, um, you know, like really cool situations with that. Rachel Baklavik, my girl, love her. She was on my podcast last year. First minor, you know, professional yep. minor us that, That's dope. That's dope. Front offices. And it's huge. It's huge. And we don't even, we don't even realize it. And that's, what's cool is like these, these women are proving that, it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, what's your what's your background? Da-da-da-da. And like, I've noticed lately, there aren't a lot of people that want to talk to me about like just today, this guy slid into my DMs and he was like, hey, I have some questions about the season. And I was open to it. I'm like, cool. And yeah. he, he didn't ask me any questions. He just had an opinion and wanted to like talk about it. He was full of shit out of his damn mind, but he needed somebody to kind of like yell at. He's not sliding into dudes DMs saying this stuff. He just oh, wanted no. to talk to me about it because he felt like I don't have an opinion. It's the furthest from the truth. That's why there's certain <laughs> outlets I don't work for because I do have too much of an opinion. So I feel like you have for as a woman, you have to, we know, we understand, we understand we're not gonna have the same MLB resume as a lot of people, but at the same time. I'm not intimidated by it. I almost yeah. forget that it's a thing, right? Like you're walking around, especially being on the A's beat. It was very female-heavy, and I forget often. And we have tons of male allies and everything like that. And it's kind of like, it's bore, it's boring and old at this point, which is the demographic of MLB, unfortunately. But yep. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm I earn my spot more than earned it. So I never, you know, when I get my credential, I take that very, very personally because I I earned it personally, especially if I'm not attached to an NBC anymore. It's like, well, just earn that because she's going to be making the right content, not not embarrassing herself and not not fanboying or fangirling, whatever. And all of that. So It's a process. And it's more than just like holding a microphone and adding a fucking lo-fi filter to your Instagram. And, yeah, you know, and I'm sick. I don't, I don't like hearing the complaining about it too. Like there's a lot of women who just sit there and complain and it's like, there's, there's a difference between complaining and just doing the work, you know, exactly. and, and all of that. And I, and I, empath- I sympathize with a lot of people that are going through what they're going through because being a woman in any industry is tough, but you also look at all the positives that it brings us. I feel like there are, bringing in more versatility and especially, you know, diversity and everything like that. So it's, it's definitely a blessing.
0: Exactly. That it's, it's, it is absolutely amazing. Like, cause I told my mom that I was going to talk to, um, a woman in sports and then she wanted, she wanted me to ask the question that if that, is it true that women in sports can see more detail than men? Yeah. Exactly. I personally, you know,
1: my my thing that I miss the most, Mason, is being in the clubhouse because I would see little intricate details, just something as small as like the guy shooting the shit and me remembering their relationship or just like chit chat, just like, you yep. know, all that stuff. And
0: just being like more like the more personable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, like on favorite, of it, yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing of writing an article was like bringing the fan into the clubhouse with me. And I obviously can't do that anymore. Um, I can bring them in the dugout and like batting practice to me now because I have access now. But I don't, you know, that's something like we're just very observant women are. And men tend to be very black and white, which is important in certain aspects. but maybe that's the romantic part of me. Like I I want to know the little things and being a former baseball player myself, like I noticed the little quirks, you know, like I'm like, hey, that's weird. Like dude didn't measure the plate. How are you not going psycho right now? Like that's stupid. You just go up there and freaking hit bombs without measuring the plate. Are you insane? Or like guys who like Justin Bores of the world who don't wear batting gloves. What? Like that's crazy, you know, or just playing shallow (laughs) over a guy who's probably going to, hit the crap out of the ball, knowing he's not going to bunt or, you know, beating the shift or things like that, you know, just what's going on in your mind. And and those are the things that I pay attention to.
0: Yeah. See, and the small details all add up. Yeah. And it, it's amazing. I mean, cause I played, so cause I played a uh, college baseball and, and then we couldn't wear, we actually couldn't wear batting gloves for fall ball or winter. And I live up in central Washington state where it snows it gets super cold. Oh my gosh! And we were a wood bat league, and yeah, it was All talking right. about no, talking about no, no batting gloves.
1: Good that, lord, absolutely it, not. It I mean, fun. Justin Bohr would thrive there, but
0: I, I see. I watched him in Miami in 2018. I used to live down in uh, South Florida.
1: Oh, very cool! Actually, I talked to Justin about that team. He said that was one of the best teams he's ever been on. And if you take a look at it, like that—that yeah. was a pretty dope team. Yeah.
0: It was fun. I mean, I, I mean, cause I actually I bought season tickets to the Marlins uh, a week before the fire sale of them selling everyone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, like I want my like I want my money back, but but no, but it, it was fun. I mean, like that team was a, a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. No. It's yeah. They were a little un underappreciated, but I, you know, we un, obviously they all left and, and everything like that. But if you take yeah. a look at that roster before, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, so much potential. Yes.
0: That's what I'm saying. But no, this this is your episode. This is your episode. So you can t- you can hit on anything you want. So if you have any venting to do, oh, I mean like
1: I can't hundred percent only because we're dealing with the lockout right now. True. There's not, like, so much I can talk I about. Know. And I'm still I still haven't signed my new contract and everything like that. So you know. Oof. Yeah. No, I mean, like plus I'm on the like you kinda I don't know what to vent about because I'm kind of like just on the spot.
0: well this is about you i mean like i mean, like anything like on let's see so when you were okay so in high school and then i guess like high school going on to until your first um like your first like gig doing anything in journalism how did you get into that like like what was your route
1: yeah so i i was just like blogging a little bit like this stinky little blog that i had after i got like 500 followers on twitter Thought it was mm-hmm. a big deal at that point. um And that was just mainly A's stuff. But then the moment I decided to write out the A's, like the season was over. So I randomly started talking to somebody who was an A's fan. He's like, hey, I have a website, but obviously this A's been baseball season's over. But what about fantasy football? So I, you know, played in some fantasy leagues. I beat my dad and my little brother. So that meant like Ooh. I was an expert, right? Like, watch out, feel the A's. The I beat my dad. Nice try. <laughs> I beat my dad and my brother like doing um, on auto draft. So like that was oh, pure,
0: that's even worse.
1: Here, look, my like my my brother still can't that is talk worse about it with me. Um, and but it was fun because I I kind of looked, I didn't want to do like the top quarterbacks and that, this was this was before tight ends were you know the George Kittles of the world or yep. before Gronk you know and everything like that. So for me, it was about like falling in love with Gonzo and and figuring out who these guys are and how they can actually add value to your fantasy team and that's when my my mind started working like okay like this there's more to fantasy football than just the quarterbacks the wide receivers and the running backs and so that kind of introduced me to just more fantasy football but dfs and then i that transitioned into baseball coverage for fantasy Mm -hmm. and then i fell in love with the the players themselves like you know beyond just, Oh, Joy Votto's gets on base a lot. Like he's also kind of quirky and that's cool. And that's, you know, so that's freelancing for everybody, fan graphs, like a bunch of like smaller, you know, websites that paid $75 a day. Like if that, um, and, and that's, and I was working with John Heyman at one point and that was really cool to learn from him. Yeah. And then as I was getting ready to give up, that's when MLB.com called me and, the person I was on the phone with happened to be Melanie Newman, who is now, oh, wow. you know, play by play for the Orioles. She's one of my best friends. And she was on the other line saying, cause I was like, you know what? I tried, I gave it six months, like I'm over it. And she's like, absolutely not just. She's like, if you can't make it in this industry, how the hell am I going to make it in this industry? I'm literally on the phone bawling. I'm like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm going to go back to the working for the government. My cushy job, probably settle down with the four. He's probably not even going to be that cute. He's going to be balding, like whatever. <laughs> And so on the other line was a New York number and I was like fuck it's my car payment late like what's going on now It's
0: collections. It's
1: collections, right? <laughs> and um but it was it was cut for offering me a job and I called wow. I called her back and my mentor at the time and I was like I guess I'll stay. And then um a year and a half into that NBC recruited me very quickly. Um, and I was there for three years, um, got fired from there, um, over something silly, but, um, and now I got this amazing opportunity and I get to do a lot more things now that I'm not held back from a corporate job. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's really cool. And like my next gig is like the stuff that you worked hard and prayed for. And like, people are like, try like doing your own thing and I'm doing it. And it's I had to travel and and cover every single team and just something ah, I've that always wanted amazing. To, Yeah, I mean, it was I wanted to just cover the A's for the rest of my life. And once I did that, I was like, well, wait, there's more to it than that. And I want people to see baseball through my eyes and through like to understand why not only I love it so much, but why they would love it too. So I can do that and meet the fans across the U S that I've connected with on social media over the past five years and all of that. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. So, and now I'm here, you know, it's just, it's very unique, unique, very unique journey. Um, but I didn't give up and I'm kind of glad that I didn't.
0: That's awesome. Just, that is awesome.
1: Yeah. So, you know, don't give up and all that others i can't say stay in school because that's like hip, hypocritical of me hip- but like <laughs> you gotta do
0: yeah i can't i can't see that i mean like because I, I work my eight to five accounting job that, yeah that, that that's what i do and and then just like i'm like, glad that i have this outlet to yeah and
1: that's amazing to, too. Like, to talk like to people yeah and i mean every, a lot of people are doing that i did that for a long time And I had two jobs and was blogging and on the side and everything like that. And it worked out, but it it took me a while, you know, and it was just about like pushing out content, so much content and being authentic and being yourself. And
0: yeah, that's, that's the, that's the part that I see a lot of people try too hard and you can definitely tell.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think that's when I became successful the most, Mason, was I woke up one day, I wanted to be the next Katie Nolan, I wanted to be the next Michelle Beadle, the next Sarah Spain, and I was like, Yeah. well, wait a second, they're, like, killing it as themselves, I remember I was, like, I remember I was trying to tweet, like, Katie Nolan once, or I was trying to tweet, like, Lana Berry once, and I was like, that feels gross, and so I just, yeah. was, like, honest with myself, and then you know, I'm very blunt. And I realized, like, I wasn't, I was holding back about how I actually felt. And that's fine in certain aspects. But like, yeah. when you want to get a different answer, you have to ask a different question. And that's from a exactly. journalist perspective, or success perspective, or dating or friendships or anything like that. Like, you have to It's just a people team. thing. Just, yeah, yeah it, it, exactly. exactly. And I think, you know, you kind of your, your, your spirit and your aura, if you will, introduces itself before you do. And you have to kind of go through life and remind yourself, like, I understand I have a certain job to do, but I want to make it my own kind of way. And I know it's, you know, I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but you know, I go to bed at night very comfortably because I, I myself throughout the day and, you know, it's, you have to go through that fake part in order to find the authenticity because you have to understand what you shouldn't be doing and everybody's doing their own thing and they're killing it. Right. Everybody's yeah. struggling too. Like everybody's doing their own thing. They're dealing with their own shit. But if you're staying, who to you are true to you are like, Hey, you can, like you said, you can tell B you make other people want to embrace themselves and yep. get, make them feel more comfortable around you. And you know, you get, you You're the you're the friend who offers like the very honest, blunt advice, whether they take it or not is fine. But it's just it's so dope when you like wake up one day and you're like, I just want to do this and present who I am as much as I possibly can. Some things you should keep for yourself, because that's especially when you're a public figure, if you will. But yeah, that that day that I woke up and said, fuck it. My life changed.
0: Yeah, I feel that that's the motto for this one. Yeah. Fuck it.
1: Yeah, it is. This is the Honestly. episode the fuck it episode. And I, I feel like that's super important because anything like big you've ever done, whether it's like an I don't know, eating a cheeseburger that you never usually like, fuck it, right? Or just like I feel like that's the scary parts or at the end of the scary parts, something gorgeous is born. And exactly they fuck it before that.
0: That that's why I tell people all the time. It's like, I mean, cause I I've helped a few people like start a podcast and they and they always look at the numbers and they always want to know like what other people are thinking about it. And then like once you figure out that it's your podcast and it's for you and you are publishing the stuff that you want to, then you'll see results because people know that it's you. For sure. And And it's not like that you're you're trying to like you're trying to like to copy like other people's podcasts.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it get, does get different when like a corporate being. Oh yeah. Up, but I will say like, you know, I, I worked really, really hard. On, on one of my podcasts and it was very corporate and the numbers weren't doing well, but they were, they also pulled me aside and they said, we see you're working very hard. I booked all of my own guests. We had mm. it, a year. um, And, and so, so think about it, 50 weeks, two episodes yep. a week besides the guys or the girls who would come on multiple times, I booked every single one of my own guests and I'm talking, not just like mom, you know, I had like,
0: Oh yeah. But
1: Chamberlain, Dallas Braden, you know, Trevor Plouffe, like all the bunch of A's, bunch of giants, bunch of I
0: had, I had yeah. Dallas, uh, two weeks ago, actually.
1: Oh, well you need to tell me next time because he's, he's like my brother. I love him to pieces. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I know. I saw that Canada dips was, Spons- yep. Sponsoring. Yep. You. So, yep. Yeah, they're I love I love what they're doing over there uh, for a multitude of reasons. But that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, but yeah, so I did all of that. And it was kind of I think that was important, too. And like, you'll figure that as, as time goes on, like, oh, yeah, got to be a producer. You have to be like um, understand the tech. The tech part is the thing that I struggle with the most which I'm nervous about. Cause like this new company, they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like,
0: that's like my favorite part of it.
1: Yeah. But it's, I mean, me, I mean, I, I can't say me too, but it's like the one thing, like, <laughs> I think there's something like, I'm always the one that like there's something wrong in the grocery line. Like I'm always, there's always something wrong. Like my coupon's always the one that doesn't work. Like that's always me. Right. And it's <laughs> always just like, it's okay. Literally happened coming on here, bro. Yeah, like I can't fucking figure true. anything that out. So it just that goes just like, it's like, hey, how do I make her life more miserable? I got it. Yeah. It's just like- well, I Let's just give kinda... it
0: all to her and her to figure it out. Imagine
1: you know. dealing with tech issues with Will Clark though. That scared the shit out of me. That was Ooh. two weeks ago. And he. I thought it was my fault. It was his fault. But I would never tell Will Clark that.
0: You just got to say, my bad.
1: I was like, you know what, Will? I like, apologize. I am so sorry that this is happening. It is not your fault. <laughs> I would never actually say that to him.
0: Well, he's not going to listen to this podcast, so. I might make it. It's sense. his fault. Oh, well. Well, luckily
1: it. I had somebody else like tell him because, like, Mama don't want that. So, you know, I survived Oof. the Will Clark uh, internet fiasco that is of good, 2021. Man.
0: I haven't had any pretty big, bad technical difficulties except for I think my laptop decided to die, like like dead, dead. So I had to buy a, a new desktop. But other than that,
1: must be nice. You just jinxed yourself too.
0: Nope, I nope. Okay. I I won't even knock on wood because I'm I'm fine. All right Conf- then. Confidence on that one. Well, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Of course. I had blast. Thanks for having me.
0: And have a great night.
1: <laughs> you too. Thanks.